0: Hello, everybody. I hope you're enjoying your weekend. It's Memorial Day weekend. So just, I hope you're enjoying it. You're you're going to have an extra day off and you have remembrance of everyone during this time. I want to just say, I don't know if you guys know, but I was on the Bigger Pockets podcast. I was very excited about it. They filmed it like like, I don't know, three weeks ago. And today was the day they released it. Somebody in the chat saw it though. <laughs> so that was really great. That was really good. Um, we had a great time. It was fun. I don't know why they didn't put my gleaming face on the thumbnail though. I was a little disappointed, but there I am. I was there. <laughs> there she blows. Somebody said, <laughs> yeah, I was there making a scene. and am blowing up. Um, so, uh, before we get into what's going on in the housing market, um, there's been a couple articles that come out that I want to point out to you because I just thought they were interesting interesting read. Um, I do want to point out one thing and my husband has asked me not to say it, but I'm going to say it anyways. So there's been some discourse on a couple of past, uh, videos and it is claiming that I am censoring, uh discourse in the chat, um, between everybody. And I want to make it very clear. I, I, and I'm not meaning this mean, but I do not have time to sit there and monitor, uh, uh, monitor all the comments that go back and forth. I mean, anybody that has that time, you'll, you'll see that there's tons of stuff about me in those comment sections, whether it's the way I look, the way I wear makeup, the way I dress the how stupid i am like everything under the sun and there was a claim that i had uh erased a a comment and then i put it back in because i was trying to save face so i don't know if you know this or not but sometimes youtube will hold a remark for a period of time because they want to make sure that that comment it doesn't go against any kind of guidelines. So even though you may make the comment, it may not show up for a couple hours later. So then the comment shows up and they're like, oh, she put it back. If I'm out to erase a comment, ever erase a comment, it has gone forever. It has, it has left the interwebs. It has disappeared. I cannot retrieve a deleted comment. And um, I don't, the only, the only thing that ever doesn't make it on there is if you use potty words use racially motivated commentary. You make fun of people's, um, uh, sexual orientation, that kind of stuff. I don't have patience for it. I don't have time for it. This is about real estate and it doesn't belong on my channel. And so if you consider that to be, uh, uh, you know, some kind of, um, censorship, take it somewhere else. I, I, I don't have time for it. You know, like I'm not, you can say whatever you want about me, but like to sit there and make fun of other groups of people or just, you know, have a completely foul mouth just because you don't want to have one, it doesn't belong here. It's we're talking about real, the real estate market. Um, so I'm sorry if you feel like that I'm censoring you. Um, one other thing I do want to point out is that if it is a potty word, it's in my banned word list. It never even makes it to the, the, uh, to the comments at all. And I'm just trying to keep, you know, there's no reason for us to, you know, we can all have conversations without being mean to one another, you know, like, of course there are going to be some heated conversations, but if you're going to like get ridiculous, then I mean, YouTube half the time puts them in a spam folder. I never even see them and no one else ever sees them either. So I don't censor you. You can, you can say whatever you want within reason. And, um, Yeah. So that's how I'm going to run it. Yeah. Gilbert, living Gilbert, Arizona. Thank you so much for becoming a sponsor today. A super sponsor. Matter of fact, I appreciate you supporting the channel here. Uh, That was really kind of you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Oh, Clark's in the chat. Clark, the realtor. (laughs) All right. So I came across this article uh, a few days ago when I made this thumbnail and it was talking about coming into a new era, a new era of uh, real estate. And it may not be newsworthy to you, but apparently it was newsworthy to them when they were talking about this new era of, of real estate. Eddie is going to lead the, the housing markets ice age. If you don't know already <laughs> own a home, you'll be, you'll be, I'm not going to say the word for years, but you get it. <laughs> you get it. And this is what I've been saying. We're unaffordable. So, um, all right. So uh it's like the third paragraph down. I, I want to scroll down to the light. There he goes. The differences between those who have bought homes before and after that turning point of staggering people who have gotten in before things were haywire were able to dodge skyrocketing home prices, lock in record mortgage rates and stack hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity over the past couple of years. Meanwhile, people left on the sidelines have been watching their rent costs eat into their down payment nest eggs and the median home price soar by over 30%. Mortgage rates have shot up and the pool of available homes has shrunk to the lowest levels in history. (laughs) All right, keep going. Pass the ad. (laughs) The result is the housing market is fundamentally out of whack. With each passing month, more millennials and now Gen Zs reach the points in their lives where they feel the urge to settle down and buy a home. Yet the number of available homes remains shockingly low, especially during what would normally be a busy spring season. On the horizon, there's no flood of new homes that significantly could ease the housing crunch and homeowners have little incentive to move. Since doing so would mean giving up the comfortable low mortgage rates that guarantee them a manageable home payments for decades. And I know, everywhere you turn, they're talking about this amount of homes that are supposed to hit the market. And yet we have yet to have seen that. Um, The housing market, it may not stay like this forever. But in the meantime, we have a such a low supply of homes. Not only do we have such a low supply of homes, low affordable homes, there's most people can't afford the median uh, home price in their area, most people. So uh, the housing market has changed for good. That's what this this guy is saying, has changed for good. And with the benefit of time earned wisdom, we can pinpoint the moment we entered into a new era of July 2022 was the make or break moment for the market. We may now see it crystallizing as a new normal a fraught landscape of defined scarcity of available homes, Brought rate, uh, borrowing rates have sharply rebounded from historic lows and homeowners who feel locked in by the deals they should, scored earlier in the pandemic, calling it the housing ice age. And I agree with this, but there, there is a caveat to all of it. If the economy does not turn around in a positive way, we're going to, I mean, I don't, I'm hearing more and more people are getting laid off from work and I'm also hearing more and more people having the hardest time finding a job. You know, We keep hearing like the jobs numbers, but I don't think that necessarily paints the right picture. Anybody can take any paragraph or any graph and and skew it in a way to make it sound more positive. I'm interested to know actually how many of those people that actually have just left the job market altogether. Um, if we see a decline in the job market and more and more people start losing their jobs, that there's going to be a lot of people that can't make mortgage payments. The supply of homes is going to have to be dependent on that because home builders haven't been building for nearly a year now. They're starting to build again, but building materials are so incredibly high. Home prices for those new homes are still incredibly high. Now they are giving more incentives than they ever have. They're giving um, closing costs. They're giving, uh, you know, builders packages, like you can upgrade the flooring and we'll give you $6,000 towards your closing costs. You know, if you use our prime title company, that kind of thing, they're doing that kind of thing, but they're not building small homes. There's no incentive for them to do it. Um, They can make a lot more money making larger homes that are still selling. Um, there has been some uh, whispers on the horizon. I've read a couple articles and we talked about it in the last live stream that their uh, builders are starting to see the writing on the wall, that those larger homes are going to be the ones that are probably still going to be moving around and they're going to probably see the biggest decline. So they're like, well, then we'll probably need to switch back and start making smaller homes with that, though that takes time. So even if they decided tomorrow, okay, we're going to start building smaller homes, they still got to find the developments. They still got to prepare uh, site maps. They still got to get approval through counties and, you know, states. All of that stuff takes time. So even if they were to start tomorrow, it would probably be another three years before they ever scrape the ground in some states. in, In other states, it could take up to 10 years before we ever saw those smaller homes that would be more affordable and who knows what the housing market's going to look like then. Nobody under the sun could have predicted what has been happening for the past three years. No, not not a soul, not a soul. Um, All these economists have given us all sorts of different headlines of what they predicted was going to happen. And every single freaking one of them has been dead wrong. And then they say, "I, I just never seen anything like it. And I have not that I'm like an expert by any means, but I knew two years ago after I made that first, uh, and I, the biggest regret I've ever made was making a, uh, a video about the housing crash when everybody went into forbearance. I wish i never made that because I knew then what I know now and I've maintained the whole entire time is that we do not have enough affordable homes on the market. We've ne- we haven't had it before the pandemic. And, um, the only houses they've been building for the past three years are those big houses where they can make a lot of money. And I don't blame the builders for doing that. I mean, everybody wants to make money. Um, but, uh, we need to fill in all gaps. You know, it can't be just rich people, you know, super wealthy people getting homes. We need to have everybody to be able to afford a place to live then all right so that was my soapbox <laughs> so, oh hey thank you alex for the non, and non super chat i appreciate you very much love love christina smallhorn her husband and all you guys thank you alex i you know what i really love eddie smallhorn too you know guy's a good guy <laughs> if you didn't notice the music today was like i hope it felt very barbecue to you because he and i <laughs> have watched a marathon of um Barbecue, uh, like a, it was like one of those challenges where they're in the fire pit, they're making all these barbecue stuff. Like, it was wild. I'm not even into barbecue, but I was fascinated by it. So that's why he picked that music because he was like, That's barbecue music. <laughs> all right, comment. He has a comment. All right, Deb. Oh, Debbie does. Debbie has a comment. It says, Thank you, Christina, for referring Michael Straley. Oh, EXP Realty in Fredericksburg. Yes, Michael and his wife are super. Awesome. Uh, hope to meet after six fifteen when school is out. I need to get a home in order. Although my uh, I may sell as is. Well, you know, let's just uh, just listen to what they have to say. That's all I have to tell you. You know, like they they are good real estate agents. They have a they have a great reputation and they take care of our clients. Um, If you guys don't know what she's talking about, I'm connected with real estate agents across the country, across the country. And if you're looking for a real estate agent in your area, all you have to do is go to my website, ChristinaSmallHorn.com and just hit one of the pink buttons fill out all the information. If you leave your phone number, believe it or not, I give you a call, a little ringy dingy. Hello, ringy dingy. (laughs) We talked about your real estate needs. And then I connect you with one of my real estate friends. If I can't find you any money, I will flat out tell you, I don't have any money in that area. But if I, I have tons of friends in the real estate business and I only work with the best because if you stink, you're off my list. You're off my special buddy list. You're never, never to be seen again, <laughs> never be seen it again. Eddie does rock. Now at any time during the stream, if you do have a question, please make sure you put in the word question first. And then, um, then the question you have about real estate, it can be pretty much anything. Um, I'm not really good on the lending side. I can give you very basic blanket information, but uh, anything about your personal uh, finances and stuff, I'm not going to be able to comment on because I I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know what they are. I just can't. I can't. Question. What do you think uh, about the USDA loans for building or buying a home? Turns out I qualify. Congratulations, Joni. If I want a rural uh, area outside of my town, your thoughts. So, uh, Real development loans are fantastic. Um, it, it you keeps more money in your pocket. So you know when you move into a house, it doesn't matter if it's brand new or if it's been lived in before. You know, as soon as you move in, there's going to be tons of things that you need to purchase, whether they're new blinds, new uh, curtains, you know, all sorts of stuff. Um, so that will keep more like you don't have to put as much down uh, for a down payment. Um, and or with closing costs because it's rolled into the loan and so it keeps more money in your own pocket. Do you make sure though when you're going to look at houses that you make sure that it qualifies for rural development? Believe it or not you'd be surprised shocked even how many houses that you would have never said, well, this isn't rural, there's an airport right down the road. But according to the federal government, it's considered rural. So, uh, and, but then in other places you'll be like, this is rural, there's cows everywhere. And then the according to the rural development map, it's not. So just make sure that when you're working with a real estate agent that you're telling them that you are trying to find a home that would qualify for rural development. Another thing to note if you're looking at rural development is that the timeline to get it closed in some cases can take a little bit longer. So let's just say the traditional mortgage would take 35 days. With a rural development loan, it could take 45 to 60 days. And that's because it goes through two underwriting processes. You have the uh, originator underwriting and then RD underwriting that it has to go through. And then if uh rd kicks it back that means they have to fix all the items that were wrong and then they have to send it back into rd again the second time around though you don't have to wait as long as you did the first time around and it's a like first come first serve they just they just follow it in order nobody gets ahead of the line so just to let you know just to let you know hey. all right do we have any questions eddie or you want to pull that out of their article because I, I i thought it was The headline on this other article is hysterical. Oh, look, we got another super chat from Debbie. I'm going to put this on the screen. Debbie Johnson with a $9.99 super chat says, comment, thanks again. I do enjoy talking to Michael. I'm glad. I'm glad. Fantastic. I'm glad that it's working out for you. That makes me very happy. Because I only want to send you with the best. Now, if it ever turns out like garbage, please let me know as well. Because, like I said, I got to take them off my special buddy list. <laughs> you don't want to get off my special buddy list. That's not good. <laughs> All right, Eddie. Here we go. All right. Uh, thirty-year rate mortgage just hit seven percent. Uh, here's how much it will cost homeowners. This is the part that makes no sense to me. Eddie, stop right there. It says the thirty-year rate mortgage just hit. How will it affect homeowners? If you own a house, it doesn't matter if it goes to 45%. It won't affect you if you own a home. (laughs) Like who wrote this article headline? Like it made me so angry. (laughs) All right. uh, Here's how much it will cost. Go ahead and scroll down. Scroll down, scroll down. All right. With home sales uh, already weighing down by lack of inventory in previous of previous homes and bidding wars have making a comeback, rising mortgage rates only have made prospect of owning a home more challenging. The 30-year fixed rate uh, mortgage rose to 7% this week from the nine six uh, 6.95, which is really, I mean... Is it that big of a difference? It is because it went over seven. According to the Mortgage News Daily, it was hovering around 7.1 on Thursday. We'll probably need a few more weeks of data to know the blip or trend. Rates have been volatile for weeks. Even if uh, they don't stay at 7%, the fact that they're at uh, in the sixes range to seven range is tough for home buyers because prices have remained high for most parts of the country. So, in most cases, the only reason I want to bring this up, normally, normally, whenever you see interest rates go up. Traditionally, in the housing market, that means that home prices go down. So you're you're trading one off for the other. Either you're gonna you're gonna either pay more in uh, more you know your mortgage payment, or if in less for a house, or more for a house and less in a mortgage payment. Um, you you make that a choice in in most cases. Recently, every time mortgage rates have come up, it hasn't necessarily made the same kind of. Uh, like traditional real estate (laughs) conundrum, you know, like home prices haven't come down. They may have come down a little bit in some areas, but not much. It made sellers a little bit more realistic though. It did make them want to uh, work with buyers a little bit more, but it didn't really necessarily uh, turn around like the experts predicted. They're like, oh, you know what? Look at these mortgage rates. That means that home prices are gonna come down 30%. And they did not. They did not. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't some markets that did see a decline in home prices. I'm not saying that at all. But the, for the majority of the United States, they either remained flat or went down very little. And in some areas, they even went up. I'm talking uh, Miami, Florida, has never stopped. That whole south part of uh, Florida is continued to go up. It has not stopped. So uh, just know that every real estate market is going to be a, a, a different market. I know that sounds genius, Christy. Thanks. <laughs> no, no. But I, what I'm saying is that when you look at the headlines, always ask a local real estate agent what's actually happening in your specific area. Because even by county, it can make a big difference. Um, in our area, we have like our county is split up in two, and you know it's right over the bridge. So that specific housing market right over the bridge is going to be completely different than the housing market that uh, on the other side of the bridge. It's just you have to understand the local market. You can't just go by what the big headlines are saying. So. I'm sorry. That was a soapbox moment. I just wanted to (laughs) throw that up there. Eddie, do you have another question you want to throw up on the screen? I just had to share that headline of that article that was cracking me up. I'm like, it isn't going to affect homeowners 7%. I mean, unless you're selling, but then that should have been like, it's going to affect home sellers or home buyers, but homeowners, that doesn't affect them at all. (laughs) All right. Question. All right. Hello, Laurie. Um, what do you think about uh, building in a ground up home or duplex in a mobile uh in a mobile home neighborhood? Um, so we have that, it's pretty common here in Louisiana. We have um manufactured homes everywhere and they're right next to houses that are right next to uh barnominiums. Um I would I would try to see if that would affect the uh I would talk to an appraiser and see how much land prices have, have modified there. I also would look to see how people maintain their properties around the house that you're about to build. And I would make a decision from there. Um, If you're looking to rent those, I would also find out how much you could get for rent for those specific properties. And if it will work out for you when you uh, start penciling in all the lines, you know, and always budget over what you think you're going to for the build of the house, because no matter what happens, it never comes out to the penny of what you thought it was going to. And rarely does it come under very rarely, very, very rarely. So, um, just a little, little helpful hint. If this is not something you're wanting to live in and you're going to, you're going to rent it out. Um, I would always look for uh, second hand cabinetry because sometimes builders will have a bunch of cabinets that are left over and they will fit perfectly in a, in a new build and they they've never been used. So you can use that the same with remnant pieces of granite. So sometimes those grim, remnant pieces of granite are actually cheaper than getting, um, than getting, uh, you know, a regular countertop or even a marbled culture, cultured marble. Uh, Eddie and I had priced that out before and we actually did much better with remnant granite than anything else. Um, Yeah. So just always look at the secondhand stuff because sometimes, and another thing to think about too is look on Facebook marketplace and some people will buy a brand new house and hate the lighting fixtures and the builder's like, this is what it comes with. I'm not getting them. So they'll take them all out. They'll all, I mean, and they'll have tons of lighting fixtures that were never used or maybe used very limited and you get brand new, like barely touched lighting fixtures. Just something to think about when you're, um, when you're uh, building something, as uh, you know, as a rental, just trying to find the ways you can like kind of not cut corners, but at least save some money. Yep, I own one acre. Well, wow, fantastic! I wish I owned an acre. I don't even think this is a quarter of an acre. I think it's a quarter of a quarter of an acre. <laughs> I can see my, I can see um, right into my neighbor's uh, living room. The weirdest thing here in Louisiana, and I have never figured out why this is, is a lot of people have glass doors and they put no, no covering on it. So you could be driving down the road and you just see everybody watching TV. You can see they're watching the football game right on the television. They just leave it wide open. Anybody can like look right into their house. So weird. <laughs> and it doesn't matter. Like in all uh, housing brackets, you know, all the way down to all the way up. They all do it. <laughs> I don't want anybody looking in my, my living room. No, nope, nope. Christina says no. Oh. <laughs> ah. Allison, thank you. Allison wanted me to know it's your channel, Christina. You run it as uh, the, w- the way you see fit. I'm not a I'm not a censorship person. I I mean, I don't, like you can say whatever you want. I just I don't. I think there's a limit to everything, and uh, I, if you're going to get stupid when it's not even about real estate and you're just throwing insults around and just. And I'm a big fan of colorful language too. I got myself a heck of a potty mouth, but I don't put it in comment sections of real estate channels uh videos. I mean, that's just ridiculous. There's no reason for it. No reason for it. Avocado Pizza, love that channel name. That is a great that's a great uh name. Qu- uh question. If I'm a co-name on a title, does it still have to be in a trust to make it easier when one person passes? Ooh, that's an attorney question. So I would call uh, a local title attorney in the area and they will tell you how that runs. Uh, Most likely, if you're on a trust, you probably already have an attorney in the area, but if you don't trust that attorney, because I've had a few people that are like, I don't like my trust attorney. Just go ahead and call the title attorney, any title attorney in that area and they can help you uh, determine that because it's probably gonna be different for each state. Uh, everybody has different laws when it comes to inheritance. Louisiana probably has some of the, the funkiest laws I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> hey, Eddie, that reminds me. We got to update our will. <laughs> Just FYI, we got to update our will. <laughs> Ours is a little, uh, little off. <laughs> uh, it's about two miles away from the Coastal Carolina University in Conway, Myrtle Beach. Uh, the lot has three ad- addresses. Oh, that well, that's great. Because I will tell you, um, when you have those extra addresses and you are going to put multiple properties on there, that's going to work out for your benefit. Um, always make sure you get it permitted correctly if you're going to be putting uh um, duplex on there. But since it has two addresses, most likely you'll have no problem getting a pole and electricity to it. But just verify everything with the, the county. Or parish, um, it's a county in your area, because you don't want to, you don't want some neighbor knock on the door going, you can't do that, you know. <laughs> like, there's always somebody that has something to say about when you're doing something that's different, you know. There's a lot of people out there that don't like change, you know. It's so crazy, someone always has something to say, that's for sure. Uh, Summer has a question. Summer Little Angel says, "What are your thoughts on using?" Uh, velocity banking to pay off mortgages faster. Velocity banking. This is a, a term I have not heard before, but I'm sure it's a term that they have rebranded. So Eddie, if you could do me a favor while you're on the interwebs there, look up something called velocity banking and let's let's take a look at it. Uh, we'll all take a look at it together because most likely, like I said, it's probably something that they have renamed something else. They do this all the time, so you know, like they'll—they don't call it balloon mortgage payments anymore. <laughs> you know, like they always give it a new name so it doesn't sound as scary. So, let's—and he's going to look that up for us. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, there was lots of people like during the um, right, right when uh, the whole forbearance happened. They were saying that we were going to see a bunch of uh, foreclosures that hit the market. Guess what? That didn't happen because uh, all those people that took forbearance, they went right off of it. Velocity. Uh, what is velocity banking and, and does it work? Okay. Let's scroll down. I love the little thumbnail picture. Velocity banking goes in many, in, by many names here. We, what did I say? <laughs> and it is much debated concept by both financial advisors and their clients. So what is velocity banking? Velocity banking is a strategy. uh all right. Fortunately, the Truth Concepts Calculator are primed to tell us the story and give you the true truth, whole truth about velocity banking. Uh, people typically employ velocity banking strategy to pay down mortgages faster. Unfortunately, using the strategy in, in this way helps people, uh, uh, I don't even know that word, a soosh? their fear of paying too much interest without examining whether the interest is truly the issue. In order to pay down a mortgage faster, people will use a line of credit. Oh, I know exactly what this is. <laughs> yes. Okay. So they'll use, um, in order to pay the down, uh, the mortgage off faster, people use a line of credit to make it the lump sum payments on their mortgage to cover and cover expenses while, Derivating all cash flow to pay down uh, credit down. Often people are encouraged to use a home equity line of credit. This, this strategy is not new. new. The verbiage that they're using is, is new. Um, you really have to, this is one of those things you're going to have to take your debt you're going to have to look at your uh, interest rate for home line equity and really pencil it out to see if it's worth it. Years ago, my parents looked at something like this for themselves. And my dad, who it was the director of finance for John Hancock, said, they did, this ain't worth it. This ain't worth it. Um, yeah, this this is not a new concept. It does work for some people in some situations. You're going to have to figure out what your situation is and your income To find out if it will work for you, Um, a so a swage a a My dyslexic rear like look, Sheila. I love you for doing this, but I still with my dyslexic rear end can't do this. A swage a swage a swage a swage a (laughs) swage. Any? I know that makes me look like an idiot. I know. It makes me look like an idiot. It's just one of those things. Sometimes words are hard for me. And I'm, I'm one to admit it. <laughs> I, will, I will make myself laugh about it. I try really hard sometimes, but the wheels are sprinting, but the hamster's dead, as, as they say. <laughs> Thank you, Sheila, for trying with me. Bless you for trying. <laughs> Any of you want to go ahead and throw up another question for me? It's a long a, she says. Ah, ah, swage, a swage, a swage, a swag. I'm gonna have to Google that later. <laughs> i have A swag, a swag, a swag. A swage. huh? Say it again. A swage. A swage. A swage a swage. Okay, well, I learned to uh, make unpleasant feeling and less intense. Well, that is not something I use in my regular day vernacular, that is for sure. <laughs> I swear I'm not an idiot. Just some of the big words I don't use in my everyday words. <laughs> but thank you, Sheila, for helping me out here. <laughs> Uh Wes has a question. It says, What is your take on moving to a non-HOA community? Love your content. Okay. So and this is just me personally. If I lived in a community that had um like I, I lived on two acres and my neighbor lived on two acres and my neighbor down the street had lived on two acres, I would could care a less on what they do on those two acres. Honest to God let them have their, their two acres and be happy and, you know, raise, you know, 60,000 chickens and goats and whatever. I don't care. I, I honestly do not care if, but if I live in a neighborhood where houses are close together and I've done this, I will never do it again where I live in a neighborhood where homes are right next to each other that don't have, um, that I'm not an HOA. The only reason being, is that when I lived in that neighborhood, people were parking their boats on the street. They'd have the all the whole entire street would be lined with cars. They would have boats, campers, um, um, all like they would park up onto their grass, like like literally park. I'm like these houses. Why are people living like this? I couldn't. I couldn't fathom. I would never in a million years allow people to park their car on my grass in my front yard but people allowed for this. They would have their whole family come over and park on their front yard. And then they would pull out and they pull into our driveway to get out of the yard. Um, they would paint their houses funky colors. Um, I mean, and it just made the, house, the neighborhood look junky, right? It looked like garbage. And I remember turning to my husband because we had crummy neighbors. I'm like, we gotta get out of here. I cannot take this any longer. And I purposely moved to a neighborhood that had an HOA. Again, the lots are close together. But if I lived in a neighborhood that we had like one to two acres, there's no way, no way I would have an HOA because I'm not going to have anybody tell me I can't have like a a flag in my front yard or my mailbox has to be a certain color. Like, we're in the country. You've got your own acreage. Leave me alone. You know, (laughs) like I don't want that. I don't want an HOA there. Um, It has its pros and cons. And every HOA is different. And some of them are complete jerks. There's no doubt about it. There's people that literally sit there and drive around in their little golf carts that can't wait to write you up and fine you. You know, those HOAs suck. But I would find out from the neighbors, talking to the neighbors about the HOA, what is their opinion about it. I also like HOAs. They're not run by a management company where the HOA is actually run by the neighbors. We had that here as well. We had one that was run by an HOA company and those people were crazy. We got in trouble for having the freaking garage door up. My kids were playing outside and they were getting their bicycles in and out of the garage, but because my garage door was left up for my kids to play, I was fine for that, which was ridiculous. So yeah, so that's my answer. So yes and no HOAs. <laughs> that wasn't an answer, but it just, uh, just my thought process when it comes to it. Those HOAs can be awful though. Some of them can be so terrible. <laughs> There's always somebody that has something to something to say about your paint color. Did you get those paint colors approved by the HOA? <laughs> well, years ago, Eddie and I lived in Florida and there was a, a family who had uh, brought their paint colors down to the paint community, committee at night and when they looked at it under the night lighting, they were like, yeah, yeah, this is fine. And they all checked off on it. The next day, this woman paints her house. And I am not joking. The color of her, her brick on the outside was pumpkin orange. And she had like a um, Kelly green trim all the way around it. It was literally hideous. And they, the board even was like, we'll paint it for free. <laughs> because it was so ugly. She's like, no, I think it's beautiful. So we were stuck with the pumpkin house. <laughs> All right, Eddie, you have any more questions? Go ahead and uh, put it up on the screen. <laughs> oh, thank you, Clifton. If there isn't any questions, you got to kind of let me know that too. <laughs> you guys are more welcome to ask your questions. You can even, it doesn't have to be real estate related. We, you know, we're, we're chill. It's just me today. You know, I'm just, just me rambling my my mouth about the the housing market because it's it's crazy out there. I I was talking to um Jackie Baker who's out of New Jersey and she's like, yep, those we're we are. I just put in an offer, and we were twenty people deep of uh, uh other offers. Twenty people. So she's she was like, I had to tell him to go ahead and. Uh, you know, like you're going to have to go over asking price. She goes, I thought that, you know, this stuff was supposed to be over. And I'm like, not when the houses are, you know, below that medium price. Yep. Forget it. You showed deeper pockets, a couple things (laughs) that they did not know. That is for sure. Well, thank you, Linda. I'm glad you watched it. I'll put that. um, I'll put a link to it in my community tab. If you guys want to watch me on deeper pockets, I was very honored for them to allow me on there. Cause usually they have uh very big wigs, I would say like big time investors when it comes to uh, their show, like they're, they're talking to people that are, you know, making a lot of money doing different things in real estate. And like I was shocked that they had me on there because I'm there for the person just trying to find an affordable place to live. You know, like I'm not, I don't have tons of rental properties. I'm not like, you know, own a um, manufactured home park where I'm like rolling in a, a millions of dollars. I'm not that person, you know. I'm just I'm just trying to help you guys. That's it. So I was really surprised and honored that they would allow me to co- go on there because, you know, I'm not a big time shitty investor, you know, jet sitting around town because I'm making so much money in real estate. <laughs> That's not me. <laughs> That's not me. But I was very excited that they had me on. Ricardo says, question, uh, market here in Westminster, California last week was 869,500. Today it is 945,000. Would it be smart to wait some more before, uh, timing, uh, before timing to sell? Okay. So the California market is one of those things that's kind of crazy. Um, it would be very specific to an agent that would work in Westminster. I know very little about the California market other than what agents have told me. I like, I have one friend that's in the San Francisco area. I have uh, one that's in just the Bay area. I have one that um, is in San Diego, but I don't know if they cover Westminster. Um, I I wish I had an answer for you. I, I just don't. Um, always the right time to sell is when you need to sell and, but where you're not desperate to sell, you know, like you would like to sell, you want to sell it for the money that you want to sell it for, but you're not desperate to sell to so when you're desperate to sell. That's the worst. <laughs> that is the worst. Cause you end up, uh, taking offers and negotiating deals that you wouldn't typically do, uh, because of the fact that you're desperate to sell. Um, when my husband and I first sold our very first home in Florida, this was right before the big crash and we were, I was desperate to sell cause I did not want to be stuck in a house by myself with my husband working in Louisiana. And, um, the first offer that came through, man, we were like, we were trying everything to make it work. I mean, it came down to like a thousand dollars of stupid things. Like they wanted me to leave all sorts of weird stuff and I was just about to do it. And then another offer came in, and it had no none of those stipulations. So we just were like, "All right, thank you." <laughs> you know, we threw it over our shoulder. And we're like, "We are working with you. What would you like us to do? We will do anything." <laughs> you know, when you start acting like uh, ridiculous um, when you're a buyer, then sometimes that can backfire you on you. You know, so if you have any questions, make sure you put it up. All right, current owner, current owner. That's a great that's a great screen name too. <laughs> Hey, Christina and Eddie, love the show. How do you think the election of 2024 will affect interest rates in real estate markets? So historically, I don't know, let me, I'm asking you as the audience, have you ever heard never buy a house during election year? I wanna know, have you guys ever heard that? Never buy in a house during an election year? I wanna hear how many people say this. So there is literally no truth to, uh, to this, by the way, Um, there's no like magic bullet because you're going to make more money or lose money. It's the same market. (laughs) It all works out the same. Oh, Eddie, put that question back up on the screen, please. So um, the interest rates are always determined by the Fed. Um, Traditionally, whenever the Fed raises rates, uh, the usually mortgage rates will go down. In the last couple rate hikes, mortgage rates have actually gone up, um, but that has to do with the uh, with the bond market. So, I do, I wish I had the answer for you. I wish look my crystal ball says. Uh, The vision is very unclear at the moment, (laughs) very unclear. Um, The only thing I can count on is that the election year will be uh, volatile in all sorts of things, not just real estate. It's always a a showdown (laughs) for the ages every single time. (laughs) Once again, we'll be living in unprecedented times, which I'm really bored. I'm getting bored of unprecedented times. Yeah, see, everybody... Some people, all right. No, some people have never heard of it. Um, Yes, they heard of it. Uh, Okay. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, some people, yeah. Some people have heard of it and some people didn't. Kenzie had a good question there, Eddie, if you, if you didn't need to skip anybody. Hi, triathlete how are you (laughs) nice to see you nice to see you pop in you want to put that uh kenzie's question on there i'll i'll do it i got it (laughs) all right where will foreclose people over to in the next crowd where will where will foreclose people over into the next crash um well i don't know if you've seen this and maybe eddie can put this on the screen Foreclosure numbers are nowhere near, nowhere near, not even close to what they were prior to the pandemic. Foreclosure numbers have been going down a lot during the pandemic because everybody took the forbearance. Um, Everybody that was on forbearance went right back to paying, a good portion of them went right back to paying their mortgage. Even though you've seen an obvious increase in mortgages, and if you were like, Oh, mortgage uh, uh, foreclosures are up 35%. 35% from the rock bottom is still nowhere near where we were prior to the pandemic. Not even not even close. It's like literally half the amount that we would typically have in a normal real estate market. Um, and he's going to pull this up. Look, U.S. foreclosure uh, continues to climb the first quarter. <laughs> But look, <laughs> all right. So if you look right there, right at 2020, um, yeah, we're still way down, way down. <laughs> we got we got some time to go. And I, another thing I wanted you to know about foreclosures is that bank. Let's just say Bank of America has a bucket of foreclosures across the United States in all these markets that they need to get off their books. Like they don't want these. They're tired of mortgages. Matter of fact, they're not even going to write them anymore. They're like, they're done. They go to handy dandy investor and says, Hey, we have all these foreclosures. We don't want them on our books. We'll give you a deal if you'll pay lump sum cash right now for them. So those foreclosures that you were hoping to get on the market to get for a deal they never even hit the market in the first place. Handy-dandy investor goes in and takes them and he flips a few, he uh, writes a few of them off, he turns some of them into rent, rental units and the others he gives to some friends. You know, like, they, like we never see a good portion of foreclosed homes ever hit the market whatsoever because they've already sent them over to an investment company to take them over. That's what happened during the last Housing crash. A good portion of foreclosures went to big investment firms. And you know what they did? They either flipped them or turned them into rental units, especially here in the South. Welcome, Flash in Your Pan. If you guys don't, are interested in uh, panning for gold, you go over there to Flash in Your, <laughs> flash in your Pan. <laughs> Ed, his name's Ed, and he, and he walks you all through it. He shows you all sorts of stuff, little beads of gold. <laughs> Welcome construction cronies. Yep. The original Rue Crew. That's what they used to call me. Cause I was your real estate whisper. And if you take it down, it's a, it spells out Rue, Rue Crew. Get it. <laughs> Nobody calls me that anymore. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this either. I am literally just a couple hundred subscribers and thanks. Thank you to all of you, but I'm only a couple hundred subscribers away from 250 Thousand subscribers i'm giving myself a little pat on the back but really i have i shouldn't be getting myself in the back i should be thanking every single one of you that have subscribed to the channel so i would love to get to 250 by by next week if you guys know anybody that's interested in real estate channels in in affordable housing options this is the only time i have ever and will ever ask for you to send my channel to your friends and ask them to subscribe because it would just be a a little nice thing to say I have achieved something that most, a lot of channels never achieve, which is, you know, nearly, a, what is it? A quarter of a million. Doesn't that sound better? Instead of 250,000, a quarter of a million subscribers. <laughs> I'm very excited. Very excited. Um, Island Knight says, what does a Noof air conditioning mean? I live in Northwest Arkansas. Thanks, Christina. A Noof. All right. Here we go. Thank you, Eddie. What does newf air conditioning mean? Newf air conditioning is based on an acronym, never out of fashion. <laughs> Installing a newer HVAC in an old home is impossible because these houses don't have an FA or CAC vents. So a ductless air conditioner with the latest technology is termed as a noof air conditioner. Wow, I learned something new every day. Do you know what I wish that you put in homes, brand new homes? I'm gonna demand it in my next house, is attic fans. Man, oh man, every old house here in Louisiana that has one of those attic fans, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but basically you open the, um, the attic uh, door open, right? You turn on this attic fan, it sucks up all the air through the house, up through this attic fan and it shoots it out of the roof. So your house gets cool, like nearly instantly. Oh, genius, genius. But they don't do it anymore. Oh yeah, I've seen these. Yeah, they're they're very common in like, um, like when you see uh, schools uh, that have the, the, the pods outside, you'll see them in uh, like these little tiny homes like I have. Yeah, I've seen these. These work. They do get condensation. Matter of fact, one of our little houses, Eddie, doesn't one of our little houses have one of those? new, uh, air conditionings in it, the house behind the house, the red house. Doesn't that have that Eddie? Eddie's not listening to me. He's not going to answer me. <laughs> I don't know if he's listening to me. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's what we have in there. Um, I think it does get some condensation. <laughs> he is. Yes, it does. He, he answered me. He, he won't get on this. All I need him to do is get on the speaker, and he won't do it. He doesn't want anybody to hear his voice. If there's you have any questions, please put them up. Um, make sure you put the word "question" first, and then I will answer pretty much any question that comes on the screen, unless I don't know the answer. No, 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 Eddie, a big attic fan. Like they're huge. Like they're not, that looks like something you put in a bathroom. For goodness sakes, no, they're like big. Uh, they're big things are like, Whoa. does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Years ago, I actually went into a house and I turned it on and like my hair was like sticking up on, on end because it was sucking up all the heat and putting it out through the attic fan. Ugh. <laughs> all right. Let me, let me put another because Eddie's slacking. I'm going to get this one. (laughs) J Rob says, question. Did you know um, some condo complexes have garage spaces? We have two garages that uh, we have to share with a neighbor. Get one side with a random person gets the other side. Yes. I've seen that. Um, Townhomes, condominiums. um, They all have like, I wouldn't say they all have them, but yes, I am aware that you can do that. The only problem I would have with that if you had a shared garage space is that, you know, like, you know as well as I do. Like, you go in a parking lot, people run their freaking buggies right into your car and they go, I didn't see that. They just put the buggy in the cart and they just walk away like nothing ever happened. I mean, what a way to, like... It would just make me so nervous. I'd be putting pool noodles because that's how how ridiculous I am. I'd be putting pool noodles on my car every time I parked. So that way their door wouldn't accidentally dent my door. (laughs) Is that stupid? I think it's kind of smart, actually. (laughs) I think it's kind of (laughs) smart. Because people are crazy and they don't respect your stuff. Closet Hunter says, why is it important to put your investment properties into an LLC instead of putting them in your own name? Thank you for answering my question. Okay. So um, you are wanting to look at this as a separate entity than yourself, because if you have to get into any kind of litigation, you don't want them to go after the home that you actually live in. It's a separate entity that whenever they were suing you, they, they'd be suing the company and not your personal assets that could be possibly taken away from you. Um, there's other reasons, tax reasons, you would want to do this as well and run it as a business instead of just your personal um, your personal funds. I would meet with an accountant when it comes to this, but I guarantee they're going to give you some kind of they're probably going to tell you to either do an LLC, an S-Corp, an Incorp, whatever they decide to do, work with them on this because the tax advantages are going to be working out better in your favor. Um, and, you know, and also if you're going to buy properties, it's going to work out better for your favor, too. Uh, Eddie and I have uh, our own little uh, LLC for this. First, rental property LLC in Louisiana provides a legal degree of protection to its owners by reducing their personal liability. With personal liability protection and LLC's owners, personal assets are protected in the event of a lawsuit. Second, LLCs provide pass-through taxation. Pretty much what I said, but they made it sound better. <laughs> they made it sound a lot better. <laughs> that's what I said, Eddie. I said that. I said all of that but, but not all the fancy words. <laughs> you guys can't see him, but he said like, there's a little, like a uh, little square. So I can see just a little version of Eddie and he's, he's got a big smile on his face. <laughs> he's got a big, Derek Gonzalez has a question says if 1% incre- uh, increase in interest rates will reduce prices by 10%, when can we expect a 40% drop? Well, that not that been court. I mean, that recipe that you just gave us isn't been true to what's happened in the real estate market for the last six months. Interest rates have climbed because if you remember, at the high uh, at the lowest they were at two and a half percent, right? So interest rates are now at seven percent. So you would think that then home prices should have gone down thirty percent at your at, by your estimation, and that hasn't happened. That hasn't happened at all. The biggest problem that we have and the reason why home prices haven't tumbled to the ground like people have hoped for is we do not have enough supply of houses on the market. There's just not enough available. They have not been building houses. And Eddie probably could find this chart if you wanted to. The rate of homes being built over the last 15 years since the last housing crash has gone down the toilet. It's more than half. The amount that they normally have it's probably way less than that they just don't build as many as they used to and you can't blame home builders for this because they built so much during like the last housing boom that they had an excess amount of homes left some of them went into bankruptcy some of them had to sell their houses at a huge discount and yeah that was great for the consumer but for the home builder they're like we're never doing this again I know that I can sell 30 houses a year. So I'm going to go ahead and build 30 houses. I'm not building one more than that, not one more. And that has gotten us in huge, a huge problem, huge problem. And it isn't just for um, housing, like just not just for single family homes or condominiums. That's true of apartment buildings too. Because if you look up that statistic, it's over 7 million rental apartments are needed throughout the United States, some kind of rental unit over 7 million, over 7 7 million need to be made. And that was uh, voiced by the National Association of Builders and by, um, here it is, Uh, in the last year, uh, home construction has not kept up with the pace of population over the last 20 years. Thank you. Last year, uh, 912, thousand single family homes were built according to the building permit data from the u.s census census the u.s population grew by three million people in that same time since 2006 home construction has decreased by 55 percent 55 percent. so that's what's caused this problem that's why home prices haven't sunk the way they should like the way you would imagine with interest rates going up as high as they are in your brain. You're like, well, every time in history, whenever interest rates have climbed, that means that home prices declined, but we haven't seen that. That hasn't been happening in some areas. Yes. But in, in you know what areas that it has happened in areas that had a lot of new construction. <laughs> so yeah, we're still way down. That was in 2006. We were at what 500 and um, 554 million homes or Five hundred fifty-four per one hundred thousand. Yep. Now down here we're at, at two hundred seventy-five per hundred thousand people. Two hundred seventy-five thousand homes per uh, per hundred thousand people. Just a little, little scare, scarce over twenty uh, percent. And there's all like there's all these solutions that can be done. But the problem with a lot of the solutions is that um, there's somebody in the way that's telling them now, like, you know, there a company will come in and say, hey, we have a, a solution to your affordability problem. And then you get some negative Nancy going, I don't like it because the aesthetic kind of ruins the neighborhood charm and I don't want it to take it away from it. People that there's always people that hate change and they will do anything, everything in their power, even if it is not in their own best interest, they will fight against it because it's different and they just don't like different. It has to stay the same as it always was because it makes them uncomfortable, you know. And when it, and when it comes to affordable housing, you get a bunch of those. As Soon as you say the words, affordable housing, they're like, what? No, no. They immediately, they are immediately like wretch. As soon as you say the words? Claudia has a question and says, I want to buy a place for cash. What is the safest way to do that? Do I pay through an escrow or use a trail? Uh, oh, a real estate attorney. Or do I use a real estate attorney? i would say no matter what transaction that you're going through you must use a real estate attorney you you know you don't have to use a real estate agent i mean i'm a realtor you you don't have to use us sometimes in some cases we're an unnecessary step especially if you already know what you're purchasing you're already aware of how much it costs you knew what you know you knew the valuations just go straight to the attorney and have them take care of the whole entire thing, and they most likely will have an escrow account once it closes. Then you, you know, then it will they will get their money. Yeah, I would work with a real estate attorney, 100%. Claudia, always you always want to protect your money. Another thing I want to warn everybody about: if you are buying anything cash or putting a large deposit down on a home, and the title company all of a sudden sends you an email a couple days before closing and says the wiring details have changed. You now need to wire it to this account. Do not, do not, do not, do not do that. Go on to Google and make sure that you call the office itself. Don't call the office that's in on the email. Cause most likely that's a, in many cases, it's a scam. They're, they're going to steal your money. The new wiring instruction is going somewhere and like, Who knows, you know, out into the universe, never to be seen again. And, uh, it's a way to steal hundreds of thousands of dollars from you. In some cases, they're able to catch it in time and you're able to get your money back. But in a lot of cases you're not, and it's gone forever. And there's, there's nothing they can do to bring it back because you wired cash, just like a Western union. Once it enters their hands, they can't, they can't magically reappear that money again. So, um, Just be aware of that whenever you're um, working with or wiring money. Um, Have a close relationship with the people that are holding that escrow account. And uh, make sure you have their personal uh, contact direct numbers on your phone saved. So that way, if anything like that comes up in your email, you can call them directly. And never, ever, ever call the number that's on the signature of those emails. Just something for you to be aware of. Because it's a scam and they'll steal your money. And it's been going on for for the past five years, um, but probably even more, probably the last six years. It's awful. I mean, can you imagine losing, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars because of this? I mean, it's so sad. Del Sings has a question. If a selling, is it possible to do a, as is sale of a house, is there a different term for this? So as is can mean different things in different States. So here in the state of Louisiana, believe it or not, this is going to sound totally insane to you, but all real estate sales, a good 94% are sold as is meaning that at the time that you have closed on the house, you are aware of the condition of it and it is being sold to you as is per the two conditions and terms were met by the purchase agreement. But, It doesn't mean that they don't have the right to an inspection and they can have the house inspected and you can still request for things to be repaired in the, uh, during that inspection period. So as is means something a little bit different here in Louisiana. Most people, when they think of as is, they're like, I don't wanna do a thing with this house. I've It's been in my family for 30 years. I know it needs updating. I know it needs fresh paint. I know the what flower beds look like hell. I don't wanna do any of that. I'm gonna put it $10,000 under um, market value just to get the sucker sold. And if they ask for anything to be repaired, uh-uh, you're getting a deal as it is. Cause I, you know, it is, it is what it is kind of thing but you have to write those conditions out. But yes, of course, there's always an as is, but just know they still have the right to inspect the house and they still have a right within a certain period of time to uh, walk away from the the deal itself. You know, I don't know how, like you would have to negotiate those terms. It could be five days, 10 days, whatever it is. Just, you know, because everybody wants to inspect something that they're going to purchase and if they find out that the, the, you know repairs are going to cost more than what they're you're willing to discount the house then like they're not going to purchase it just just something for you to be aware of johnny oh with a hundred dollars super chat thank you so much gave me a hundred dollars super chat to help support the channel it's nice to see you my friend thank you so much i appreciate you yay everybody thank johnny he's always been so kind to me and kind to the channel i really thank Thank you so much. (laughs) Sib the Lib. Sib the Lib says, how much should you have saved up before you contact a real estate agent to buy? I'm going to tell you this first. Don't call a real estate agent to buy. The first person you need to go see is a lender. Because the lender is going to be able to determine how much your debt to income ratio you have. They're going to be able to determine that. They're going to be able to tell you what your credit scores are. They're going to tell you how much you qualify for. So before you even call that real estate agent, call a local lender, local lender, somebody that understands if there's any a public grants available to you there, if there's some kind of first time home buyer, um, you know, uh, closing costs, deal from the state, anything extra that you don't know about, you're only going to find that out from your local lenders. So call your local lender first. If you're looking for a real estate agent that I'm connected with, just go to my website, go to christinasmallhorn.com, click any of the pink buttons, fill out the form, and I'll, I'll talk to you and we'll, we'll get you connected with one of my friends. I will get you connected to one of my friends. All right. Question. If the government fails to get a deal through by 6-1, what could happen to the housing market? <sighs> the world may never know. Well, the, the thing is, is if they can't get anything done, no, no mortgages can get, get written. I mean, FHA, VA, all those things. It, I mean, it just puts a freeze to all that. Um, uh, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, you know, they still run through government in some way, shape or form. So uh, it will stall the real estate market for a period of time. It depends on how long it would take. Uh, Debt ceiling news. An agreement in the principal is reached. When was this? When was this written, Eddie? May 27th. Oh, that was yesterday. I think I read an article with the same headline, though, about two weeks ago. (laughs) (sighs) President Joe Biden, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and and negotiators have reached a tentative agreement to raise the debt ceiling. Oh, gosh. Let's see. A a source familiar, a a source, who's the source? A source familiar with the agreement said it will, uh, said it includes a two year appropriations deal and a two year debt limit extension, effectively resolving the issue until after the 2024 election. It'll include work uh, work requirements for federal aid, like SNAP, and for Americans up to 54, with exceptions for homeless people and veterans. Uh, the deal has uh, still has no converted to uh, has the deal still has not converted into legislation language and passed both the Republican-led House and the Democrat-controlled Senate. Republicans had demand that they cut any deal must be cut before federal spending. Yeah. Yeah, we got it. We got it. Thank you, Eddie. Yeah, I the whole thing is if if we can't come up to with a solution, everything gets paused. I mean, it's really honestly, it's like the worst nightmare, but I I'm going to I'm going to be honest with you guys. We go through this every time that this debt ceiling needs to be negotiated. They always get it down to the last freaking minute the last little hair of a second. And then all of a sudden, miraculously, something happens. Um, I think they just like to let us sweat on a little bit. (laughs) And it's a way for the both sides to manipulate each other. Like, look, okay, I'll sign this if you give me this. And, you know, I want to, I want to, uh, take straws out of, uh, (laughs) noses of, uh, of turtles, so we're gonna save you. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll sign your your debt ceiling if you save my turtles. <laughs> they do that kind of thing. Oh, Dorothy is hoping for my two hundred fifty thousand subscribers. It's close, man. If you really want to know the exact number, I'm gonna tell you the exact number because I can't help myself. This is crazy to me. We are four hundred and twenty subscribers away from two hundred fifty thousand. Four hundred in 20 subscribers 420 yep amazing so exciting i'm so excited <laughs> all right me in tennessee says now that you've moved to the doghouse but uh, now that you moved to the doghouse but i don't get to see your dog and cat anymore oh Okay. So if anybody doesn't know this little, um, this is like a little tiny house behind my house. There's a video on my channel about when they put this in this backyard. Um, So I used to have like during the live streams, you would hear my dogs barking and my cats would jump on the screen up on on here. I loved having my cats out here. Um, But they, they, I, I just can't get them to come out here. They get very nervous when they're in this room, the cats do. And the dogs I can't describe it. One of them stinks. One of them, like she's, I swear she must be some kind of hound in that mutt mix she's got going because she stinks. (laughs) And then the other one uh, sheds and she doesn't really like it here. And then my older, my older dog, I don't think his days are numbered. You know, like he doesn't know what day it is. He doesn't know what time it is. He has sun doubters at like, uh, 11 o'clock at night. He's walking around panting. He doesn't know where he's at. Poor thing. But maybe I'll bring, I'll bring the elderly dog out here one day because we just washed him today and he smells nice. (laughs) I'm glad you remember my my animals. Thank you so much. (laughs) Yep. So, all right, everybody, if we have no more questions, oh, we do. seems the best channels have, have under 500,000 subscribers. Well, I can't imagine, and I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I can't imagine me hitting over 500,000 anytime soon. <laughs> if anybody had seen the views on my last video, I didn't even scrape 5,000 views. And I thought it was going to be a great video. It was about a guy who like made a whole entire house out of a dumpster. Nobody watched it. Nobody cared. <laughs> Suzanne says, what is the difference between a foreclosure home and a HUD home? Thank you, Suzanne. Okay, so a HUD home is a foreclosed home that happened to have a federal-backed loan with like, you know, like a VA loan or an FHA loan. So they're the ones who who uh, have the foreclosure. I'll tell you, though, if you're going to buy a HUD home and you're buying it for yourself, you have a better chance of getting that affordable home more than an investor does, because uh, HUD works with uh, owner-occupants much better than they work with investors. The only time they work with investors is if that house has been sitting there longer than it should have. I will also tell you too, with a HUD home, they do a pre-inspection on the house, and then they let you know what's what they have seen with their initial inspection, um, what, what they see is wrong with the house. If it has you know roofing issues, if it has air conditioning issues, any of those kinds of things, it will show you in their pre-inspection they've done to the house. That doesn't mean they're going to fix those things. I'm just saying that's they let you know what they see because it's no skin off their nose. They're just trying to get it off their books. They're not going to lie to you about it. So I love me a home, head home. I love Mia head home. I think they're great, <laughs> especially for an owner occupant uh j rob says uh do you know um uh, some condo complexes yeah we already we already put this up here eddie where you been you put that question up there dad dad where you been bud All right, everybody, look, I hope you have a fantastic, safe weekend. I know this is a time where people uh, like to indulge into some some libations, but I want you to be very safe this weekend. There's no reason to uh, drink and drive. We have Uber now. I mean, it's a whole different world. You don't need to be doing that. Just be safe. Have a great time. uh, Enjoy your family and friends during the Memorial Day weekend. And have a great day off tomorrow because many of you are out of work. Christina's not, but I'm sure you guys are. So I really want you to enjoy your weekend. Again, if you do need a uh, referral, make sure you go to my website, christinasmallhorn.com, hit any of the pink buttons. I will gladly help you out. Just make sure you put in all of your information, including your phone number. I can't get a hold of you if you don't leave your phone number. <laughs> and um, if you want to hear this on the replay, we also are on all the podcasting channels. Just look for my name and you'll find out this as a replay, as a podcast it's always posted on Monday. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. I appreciate every single one of you. And next weekend, we will see you when I'm at 250,000 subscribers. <laughs> we should do a little like ah, I don't even know how to like. Should we should be. We should have a dance party. I won't know if you're dancing, but I can. I can dance. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> All right. Have great- So long.